All right, into hour number two. Puck and gas with uh, with Puck right now about four cocktails in down in Arizona. Uh, and, and leaving the parenting completely to his wife now. for the, And she's realized that for the rest of the weekend. Uh, I'll uh, fly solo today, tomorrow, and Friday. Kevin Calabro joins us this afternoon at 12.30. And uh, we will head across the street, actually a little bit more across the street, kind of across the neighborhood, uh, and go back to the Shahuli Garden and Glass Art Gallery, where Tim Lywicki joins us right now after a momentous announcement by the NHL Seattle team. Tim, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Uh, always glad to be back on air. You've been around a lot of places. You've seen a lot of things. Obviously, you've known Todd since he was just a young pup. Uh, his connection in this community, your brother's connection in this community, is really unlike anything I've ever seen in kind of a sports business way. And there's a lot of successful people in, in the sports business world. But Todd's thing here is unique. I can't imagine another announcement of a team president and CEO that would get this kind of reaction in a town. Can you talk a little bit from, from afar, knowing him as a brother, knowing him as a businessman, and seeing this connection and what that means to you and to the future of hockey in this town? Uh, yes, well said. So first, I'm happy because we finally have good leadership here. Uh, <laughs> two, <laughs> two. I, you know, when we sat down and started this, it, it really came from a seed, an idea, and a passion that Todd had for Seattle and the Northwest. So this was always his prompting and his idea on what to do. And and then when we be, became aware of the fact we were going to pull this off and pull it off. In, in a rare and unbelievable form due to the support of the city. Uh, then Todd became interested. I, I will admit I've stayed on him for a year. It's not easy getting the number two guy from the NFL and probably the second best position in all of sports to think about this. But in his mind, this is the best position in sports. And so he has a blank canvas here. He, he gets the chance ultimately to build a world-class arena. And, and by the way, I've spent the last two days in Kansas City with Populous, looking at design drawings and renderings. The arena, the new arena, is going to be spectacular. He, he gets that he not only has a chance to create a brand new franchise, a new culture, and I think one of the iconic sports entities in all of North America, but he also has a chance now to think big. And so we have a neighborhood within Seattle Center where we're going to forge a great alliance and partnership with and begin to reach out and do other things. We have a community and a commitment of $20 million in donation back to those in need, including $10 million to youth care. So he has a platform to really make a difference, similar to what he did when he ran the United Way and raised $100 million for those in need. And we have the NBA. And so we have literally the single best leader in sports who is one of the most respected men in sports who is widely admired by both commissioners in the nhl and the nba a man that uh, i think his integrity and his character is well known to the community here he's passionate about the fans and passionate about the community passionate about those in need and it was just a natural fit and as i said Many people will sit here and look at him and say, how do you go from being one of the most important guys in all of sports, number two at the NFL working for Roger Goodell, and go run a franchise in Seattle? And what he'll tell them is he moved up. 
Well, he'll also tell him it was a plan for a long time to move back here. And Tim, I know he talked to you probably about that. I know you talked to me. You know, when he left to go to Tampa, and it wasn't like the next week where he said, I can't wait to get back. But the long-term goal, he had a love for this community. His family had a love for this community. They have that love. Long-term goal was to come back here. I'm sure it was tough to leave the NFL, but, I mean, this thing was just set out for him, I think. Well, if Roger Goodell's listening, I will deny that. But (laughs) if he's not, I will agree with that. Roger listens to the show quite regularly, actually. He gets most of his good ideas from I'm, this show. I'm sure you say lovely, wonderful things about him on a daily basis. I, I have. I'll, I'll send you a list of them. <laughs> hey, uh, one of the other things that Todd and I have talked about in the past, and I'm curious, because you guys, you go back a long way in the sports business, uh, back to the Kansas City indoor soccer days. The Liwickies were thought of as the first group that kind of thought about, hey, let's turn down the lights, let's blow some stuff up, let's really make introductions a big thing. You've been in the sports promotion, the sports marketing business, both of you, for years and years and years. One of the problems becomes, and I'm asking you to look way down the road here, but the second team into a new arena generally doesn't get the kind of favorable terms that the first team gets. This is huge speculation because, you know, this is down the road, but have you guys thought about, you know, you mentioned the NBA. Have you thought about ways you're going to make this building attractive to an NBA team if they are, in fact, the second team to the trough as a tenant? Yeah, so actually threefold, and it has been in our plannings from day one. So first, from a design standpoint, the building is designed for the NBA. We, we, have, uh, we, we have built in the NBA home locker room, the NBA visiting locker room. We have, obviously, the hockey locker room and the away locker room, and then we have the storm locker room and away NBA, WNBA locker room. So we've already designed all of that into the building. We've designed capacity into the building. It is a perfect basketball building, I'd argue. It's as good, if not a better, basketball building than a hockey building. Secondly, you design the economics. And so our naming rights, uh, our founding and presenting partners, all of those deals will be structured so that they are obligated to spend the same amount of money on the basketball team that they're spending on the hockey team. And we build all of that in so that we could guarantee that the basketball team walks in. And instead of trying to start their own building, spend a billion dollars to build a, a, a new arena and then go out and compete with us on sponsorship after we've taken much of the sponsorship revenue out of the marketplace, we actually build in the additional investment that will be made for the NBA. And then third is the, the all the premium seats in the building. So if you look at the way we're going about this, we have 2,600 club seats, and club seat owners uh, pay a fee, and that gives them the right to buy the NHL tickets and the right to buy the NBA tickets and the right to buy concert tickets and family show tickets and everything else that comes into the building. So we, we already know we are going to equally divide the premium revenue, the sponsorship revenue, the naming revenue. We already know that we are in a position because economically we are doing extremely well with the building sponsorships and the building revenue that we can take a third of the revenue or the revenue directly generated by the w, by the NBA team, meaning food and beverage and parking and uh, the merch, and give that back to the team and, and be able to economically do it because now we have more activity, more dates, more people going through the building, more revenue that we're generating, and we actually can be more aggressive with the lease that we could give to that other anchor tenant uh, finally, we've made it very clear that if an uh, NBA team comes in, we have an ownership group that's prepared to write the check. And in addition to that, if there's additional owners that come in, we will make sure that they have the right to own a piece of the equity in the building. So we, we've thought of all of this. 
And for those that ultimately say we didn't build it for the NBA, couldn't be further from the truth. We've spent an enormous amount of time. We not only meet minimum standards for the NBA, it'll be one of the better NBA-built design facilities. We've designed everything into our contractually obligated income. And we have thought through how we make sure this would be a top quartile team in the NBA from the revenue that they could generate. If we could save somebody a billion dollars and they could ultimately move a team here and generate the same kind of net revenue for the NBA team, then that's what's going to get us a team. And we are focused on that. We feel the pressure of getting that delivered. And I think we are going to design all of our deals and the building itself so that we can make that happen at the right time. And, and that's different from a lot of these buildings, right, Tim? That, that In a lot of places, this has not worked for a variety of reasons. But you do have to think about it from day one. Otherwise, as I said earlier, that second team in is really going to be at a disadvantage. And you, you've got to plan for this before it ever happens. Yeah, look, one of the good things about having Todd involved, he has 30-plus years of history in sports. I've had uh, a little bit longer, but between the two of us, 70 years uh, of sports uh, relationships, sports knowledge, and sports experience. So we know the Reinsdorfs in Chicago. We know uh, Rocky uh, Wirtz in Chicago. So we've talked to them about how the Blackhawks and the Bulls ultimately make that building work. The majority of buildings in big markets that have both the NHL and the NBA is a single-team building. It works better that way because you're not spending another billion dollars to go build the arena. We have modeled ourselves after Chicago. We've modeled ourselves after New York. We've modeled ourselves after Boston and Philadelphia. That Those are Dallas. Those are the markets, ultimately, that we want to emulate as it relates to being able to create enough revenue from the building for both teams. There are very few places and very few markets the size of Seattle where two teams work. That's why you just don't see it. And where you do see it, so Minnesota, for example, where Minneapolis has the Target Center and the Timberwolves, St. Paul has the XL Center and the Wild. They would prefer of not building two buildings at the end of the day. It would have been better if they would have had one economically for both teams. Uh, at the end of the day, that's the model we're going to follow here, and we have places like Dallas and Chicago that ultimately are a standard for us to follow as we try to set that pattern out and make sure that we economically are thinking about how we get the NBA back here every day. Two more quick ones for you, Tim, and thanks. Uh, Tim Lawicki, very generous with his time on a busy day. First is, any anticipated speed bumps with either the the NHL process? I heard someone say, oh, we think that by June we're, we're going to know for sure. Is there any, any potential stumbling block there? And then any potential stumbling block with the arena redo, which still hasn't, you know, the, the dirt didn't turn in shovel, or shovels aren't turning dirt yet. So in Seattle, I think everybody gets very nervous until they actually see the thing happening. Yes, uh, good question. So on the NHL timeline, uh, Mr. Bounderman uh, and his team are in daily contact now with Commissioner Bettman. Uh, the goal is the ownership group is is they filed all their documents. The league does a enormous round of uh, background checks, financial checks, verification. Uh, we had to file paperwork on. We had to file our lease between the team and the arena. We had to file our um, partnership agreement on the arena and the partners that are in the arena deal. We had to file all of our agreements with the city, including the definitive agreement with the city. We had to go. We're, we're there in May doing a minimum standard check on the design of the building, the broadcast positions for the building, the loading dock areas, the TV trucks, the locker rooms, the referees' rooms. So we, we have a lot of work to do, and the goal would be all of that's filed. 
All of that is condensed, and then all of that is brought to the executive committee for the NHL in at their June meeting. If approved then, they will then recommend it to the full board, and the full board will grant approval to Seattle in the September meeting. That's the commissioner's timeline. That's the timeline that, that uh, David Bonderman has committed to as well. On the building side, which is where I'm focused and my company, OVG's focused, we just spent two days in Kansas City with Populous on design drawings. We'll have a 50% design drawing package on the street here in a few weeks. Our uh, EIS, the Environmental Impact Study, is going extremely well. The public comments have been very good. Our open houses has been, been very good. The neighborhood feedback has been unbelievably cooperative. We've made great strides on some vision and ideas for transportation. Uh, there's going to be some positive news coming on some other modes of transportation we're going to use for the first 10 years until we get light rail. I would say that is in excellent shape. Uh, we have our last event at the old Key Arena on October 6th. Um, I think there's an announcement coming on the last concert that will take place the day before. We'll take the building over on October 7th. Uh, if we stick to that timeline, we will be playing hockey in October of 2020. And I believe, based on how great the process has been in the community with the EIS, that that is a timeline we're going to be able to meet. It sounds great. One last thing. Were you in the Kansas City Auditorium on Thanksgiving Day in, like, 83 when the legendary wrestler, The Crusher, threatened to beat the living daylights out of a young PA announcer named Todd Lywicki because he was making fun of his weight on the PA? Were you there that day? Because I know that story happened. Oh, yeah. So I'm in the sound booth calling the event, um, and he's down announcing ringside. (laughs) And when the crusher is in the ring at one point, Todd decides to ad-lib and says, the crusher is trying to earn his keep for Thanksgiving dinner, which he does (laughs) not miss very often. And suddenly the crusher stops his, I will admit, choreographed stunt, and turns to Todd and says, why you, SOB, and jumps out of the ring. It's the fastest I've ever seen Todd run before or after. I've never seen a man move that quickly. I never will see him move again that quickly. And I will tell you, it was not rehearsed. The crusher, if he got a hold of him, was going to literally crush him. Yeah, he he had one advantage against the crusher, and that was he was faster. Because, right, if the crusher gets to him, it's, it's all, it's curtains. And Todd told me that's the day he decided he didn't want to be a PA announcer anymore. Yeah, well, by the way, on the way home, we drove together. On the way home, all I heard is, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it, it was have, a really, really good Thanksgiving dinner that night. Wouldn't have been a fair fight had the Crusher been able to track him down. Well, Tim. That's that's a good story. Uh, this uh, is a big uh, big day today for Seattle, and again, I think for the community and the people who, who know Todd you know, better, frankly, than they know you at this point. They know Todd from the 10 years here with the Hawks. This is a huge, huge day. Best wishes with everything moving forward. There's still a lot of, uh, a lot of plates spinning up there, but you guys seem to have all your ducks in a row. So so good luck with everything, and thanks for uh, visiting Thank with you. us. Thank you. Well, we, as I said, we got a good leader now, and we brought a Seattle boy home, and I'm excited for him and excited for the city. And as always, uh, we're going to get this done for everyone here, we promise. Thanks, Tim. Cheers. Bye. Tim Liewicki, uh, who uh, is going to, as he said, his company, OVG, they will continue to work on the arena side of things. Todd Liewicki, 